I want to talk today on uh, just really following on from that, uh, that as a church, we are a prophetic people. And it, it might sound quite complicated, but it really is very simple. Prophetic people means that we hear God and we obey Him. It's really simple. The people of God hear His voice. My sheep know my voice and obey. And, uh, and so prophetic people, they hear God, they see the future, they prepare for the future, and they become the future. And God's future is amazing, right? It's better than anything we imagined or dreamed for ourselves. And so I remember as a youngster, um, someone spoke this word over me. They felt the Lord give me that the Lord was going to use me in worship, in music. I wasn't that keen. I would rather play sports, play cricket or rugby. I was like, why should I spend my time on guitar? And I was quite a contradiction at the same time. Forgive me. I mean, I know you're not like me, but I'm weird, I guess. Because like, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to prepare for what God had for me. But at the same time, I was like a little bit upset with God. You said you were going to use me. Why aren't you using me? And uh, I wasn't preparing for the future. I saw it, but I wasn't preparing for it. And then I was like, Lord, why aren't you doing what you said? And then one day it clicked. God isn't mocked. If he spoke it, I, faith would mean that I start preparing for something that seems like it might never happen. And so I spent quite a lot of money, saved up money, and spent it on equipment, guitar equipment. And I went into a study, and I set this stuff up, and I would steal away there often and just start ministering to the Lord and growing in my skill and learning how to play better, how to just practicing my voice and, and, and just preparing. Lord, I'm daring to believe that this word is true. I'm going to start preparing for it. And so I started preparing. And it was amazing. Around that time, doors just opened for me. And the people who opened doors had no way of knowing that I was doing this in my bedroom. And I realized, it's God who opens doors. God spoke the word. And he was waiting to see if I had faith to believe that his word was true. And faith put itself into practice by preparing for something that seemed impossible. This word I spoke in Isaiah 54 Sing, O barren woman, you who've never had a child. Okay, you've never had a child, but start celebrating like you've got a baby arriving. How's that for a word of faith? Preparing. And then the word, make room for lots of children coming. You know, make your tent bigger, make your house bigger, prepare the baby's room. What a, what a word. Pre see the future, prepare for the future, become. I wonder what God has spoken over you. I wonder what he said over you. And I wonder, are you preparing for that? Do you believe it enough to start preparing for it? Changing your life. You know, I shared this back home a little while ago. And I was with um, a gentleman, a businessman last Sunday for lunch. And he said, Dwayne, I heard your word. I knew what it meant for me. I got home and it burned in me. I knew what it meant. God has spoken a word over my business. But with all that's going on, I've just been kind of hanging on fingertips and I remembered God's word and it doesn't look like it's possible in what's going on around but I know what he told me about my business so you know what I've done I bought a huge new machine for my factory and I've ordered another one it's sitting on the waters it's on its way because I know what God has said about my business and I know where the bottlenecks in my business are and I'm preparing for what God said I wonder what God's spoken over you 
Are you preparing for it? Uh, I'm from a farming family, dairy family. And I remember a story my uncle told me. He said, you know, when he was at Sadara at farming college, the lecturer taught them. He said, listen, there was this farmer. He was rich. He had an airplane. He had, his farm was flourishing. And then they had some drought years. And he was living the high life. He was, he was doing really well. The farmer had a choice. Do I drop my standard of living and keep the farm going? Or do I keep my standard of living? He chose to keep his standard of living. And he sowed inferior seed and he gave less fertilizer into his fields. The next year he got a smaller crop. He decided to keep his standard of living high and he planted less and he gave less fertilizer. It wasn't long he'd lost it all. Friends, if we don't see the future and start preparing for it, you know what's happening actually is we're sabotaging our future. You know, we've been in a crazy time in the world with COVID, in the tell over the last few months. But I'm here to say, don't make decisions on what you see around you. Make decisions according to what God has said. Don't sabotage your future because you get, got caught up by fear. Plant seed for your future. So I don't speak uh, Spanish, but I'm going to try my best here. There's this place in Barcelona, you might have visited it. La Sagrada Familia. There's a picture on the back there. It's this cathedral that Gaudi designed and started building 150 years ago. And uh, um, it's due to be finished in 2026. He saw the future. He prepared for the future. In fact, he died a long time ago. He is not going to see the end of that building. But he could see it, and he started preparing. He started preparing so much for it that, you know, uh, he built a school on the property for the next few generations of workers who would work there so that their children could have a life there. He thought about it, and they planned for it, and they started preparing for the future. Uh, Notre Dame in, in, uh, in France, I think there's a picture up of that. And um, you might remember recently in the last few years it burnt down. It's not the first time that it, a disaster has happened to it or it's burnt down. In fact, it was burnt down in the French Revolution. And, uh, but you know, the amazing thing was is that somebody, when they finished Notre Dame, they, had, they saw the future and they realized there might be a disaster. And so they planted a forest of trees. And so when it was destroyed in the French Revolution, they could uh, replace the beams, which 3,000 beams... Each beam, one oak tree. Each oak tree, 300 years old. And they planted it. By the time the disaster happened, there were 300-year oak trees there. And when that disaster happened, guess what? They had the foresight. They saw the future enough to plant another forest near Versailles. The guys have been cutting it down. They're a little bit worried. I mean, these are only 250 years old or something. 3,000 beams. Friends, God thinks in generations. We should think in generations too. We should think long term. And we're not just talking about physical building, right? We're talking about spiritual building. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with them of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Friends, that's what we're about. That's what the Lord's doing on the earth. It's preparing a building for one day. Living stones, people. The value is people. We use things and money to add value to people, not like the world does. They use people to get things and money, right? We're different. We're thinking long-term. We've seen the future. We're preparing for it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about building. And he says, be careful how you build because whatever you build in life is going to be tested one day by fire. He says you can just, you can find hay and straw just lying on the ground and it makes building easy. But you end up with something very temporal that's not going to last the test. He said, or you can build with precious stones. It takes some digging to get precious stones. You've got to go deep. You've got to build a life in prayer. And in, and in, you know, the Lord dealing with you. And you're just surrendering to His work. And build with something precious. Because on that day, it will last. Now, friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to give my life to something that is just going to be destroyed. I'd rather be a very small part in God's amazing story that lasts eternally than to be a hero in my own lunchtime and it absolutely be worth nothing. At uh, the equip, you might remember, Tyron Daniel preached and he, and he said, God's not committed to our dream. He is committed to his purpose. Friends, the wisdom would say that if you want to be something, a part of something eternal, find out what God is doing and be a part of that. We know He is preparing His bride. So I want to encourage you, whatever you do with your life, make it line up with what He's doing. Making disciples. This making disciples of all nations, this uh, disciple training, this is how we prepare for the future. Friends, it uh, requires faith to see the future, and it requires faith to start preparing for it, even if it seems like it might never happen. It takes faith. I think of uh, David and Goliath. You may well know the story in 1 Samuel verse 17, and uh, Israel and, and the Philistines face each other across a valley where there's this brook, and, um, and the Philistines have this giant, an ugly giant, Goliath. The Bible doesn't say he's ugly, but I'm just imagining. Just allow me some poetic license here. And he's ugly, and he's standing there three meters tall, and he is intimidating. And he is shouting threats morning and evening. Every day, more threats. And the threats, the Israelite army start listening to them, and it starts getting inside of them, and they, and they start retreating. And instead of thinking of the future and living free and living big and, and planting seed, they're just hiding every day. Because of this giant. Maybe over the last while, it's been a hectic few years. Maybe you've started retreating. Maybe the intimidation has started getting to you. Maybe you've just kind of been pulling back. But there's a different man, David. David hasn't been listening to Goliath's taunts. He hasn't been thinking about the intimidation. He has been in the presence of God. He's been worshiping. He's been serving faithfully with whatever God's put on his plate. He's been obeying his father. He's just been doing the mundane stuff where no one can see him 
out there at the back just looking after the sheep his father's given him to look after. He's had this word spoken over him that he'll be king one day and he has started preparing when no one can see him. He's believed it. He's working on his slinging skills and he's got really good, right? He's killed lion and bear. He's brave. He's been worshiping. He, he has revelation of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he can see God is with him. He sees God has got a rod and a staff, not just a staff to fetch a sheep, but a, a rod to smack away any, anything that shouldn't be there. He has a revelation of the Lord. And so David goes, gets sent by his father to bring cheese and some supplies to the Israelite army, to his brothers there in the army. And he hears Goliath speaking. But David doesn't hear Goliath the way the others do. He sees the future. He's already been preparing for it. He knows there is freedom and life and God's blessing in Israel's future. So when this giant comes here shouting nonsense, he's just like, this can't last. This, this is going to be over. And he says, what will be done for the man who takes out this giant? Someone says, no, 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 he won't have to pay taxes. Fantastic. David thinks about that. That's going to be great. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm loving this idea too. And uh, he won't, he will marry the king's daughter, the princess. Wow, I think he likes that idea as well. David turns to somebody else. What will be done for the man who takes out this giant? No, he won't pay, again, what is he doing? Instead of putting his mind on what Goliath's saying, he can see the future. This giant is going to be taken out. What will it look like if this giant's gone? What will it look like if God brings a victory? What will it look like if one man will just stand believing God is stronger than this giant? What would it look like? He's already been preparing for this future. And so David takes out this giant. He saw it. He prepared for it. And he became the future. And what a victory. Out of that, other giant killers were raised up. David didn't have to take another giant. He had four other stones for Goliath's brothers, I think. But his mighty men that he inspired, the youngsters, boy, they took out those giants. It's amazing what happens if one person can just see the future, prepare for it, become it. It opens up a future for many others behind. What has God spoken over you? Are you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? Don't sabotage your future by listening to the wrong stuff. Be in the Lord's presence. David practiced the presence of God. He was in the Word. Psalm 119 gives us the kind of ideas, uh, the kind of thinking that David had around God's Word. Your Word is light. Your Word is a lamp to my feet. Oh, I hold on to your precepts. I love your commandments. They are my life. He just loved the Word of God. He loved listening to God's voice. He served faithfully with whatever was on his plate. Even when nobody saw it, he prepared in the dark. When no one saw, he worshipped extravagantly. He loved God. And he imagined, he dreamed of the future. Friends, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream. Our best days are ahead. Outlook's best days are ahead. Your best days are ahead. Can you see what God sees for you? I remember as a young man, I felt the Lord say, I was worried about how my future is going to pan out. How am I going to get a house one day? 
if I get married, how's it going to work out and, and all of this stuff. And I felt the Lord say, you worry about my house and I will worry about your house. <laughs> and that's what he's done. He's been so good to me. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all else will be given to you as well. It happened with David too. David just had this one day, he was just like, no way, this is wrong. I live in an amazing house and the ark of God is sitting in a tent. Lord, I want to build you a house. Nathan, I want to build the Lord a house. Nathan the prophet says, go for it, David. Everything that's in your heart, go for it. That night, the Lord speaks to, to Nathan and says, just go tell David, he's not the one who's going to build. He won't build for me. But tell David this. You want to build me a house? I'll tell you what, I'm going to build your house. And you know what's so interesting about David? He knew he wasn't going to build a house. He knew his son Solomon was, was going to build it. So you know what he did? He got all the wood ready. He got all the bricks ready. He got everybody... I'm not allowed to put one brick on another, but boy, I'm going to get them right there next to the... Prepare for the future. I can see it. Next generation. Come on. <laughs> I was, uh, I've just been thinking about Peter. You know, Peter had this word over his life. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Follow me. Come, Peter. Peter. I tell you what, you've had this revelation by the Father that I'm the Messiah. I tell you, you are Peter. You are this rock. You are this stone. And on this massive rock, Christ Jesus, the cornerstone, I will build my church. He, he had this revelation that he was, a, he was a stone, a living stone in the building that God was creating with Jesus as the chief foundation. He knew he had a future. And so Jesus starts talking, I'm going to be crucified. No, 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 Lord, you won't be crucified. No, don't talk like this. Peter, get behind me, Satan rather, not even Peter. Oh, Peter's struggling with this. He knows there's a future for him, but he, he's not quite getting it. And then, and then they're sitting at the table on the Last Supper, and Jesus says, uh, you're all going to fall away from me. Lord, I will never fall away from you. I'm with you to the end. Peter, in fact, you are going to deny me three times before the rooster even crows. Lord, never. I'll never deny you, even if I die with you. So brave. And then he denies Jesus three times. I, I can just imagine how disappointing it must have felt for, for Peter. Like he, I really believe his motive was he wanted to just honor the Lord and, and move into the dreams that the Lord had for him. But it's, I just find it so amazing. And Jesus goes and finds him in John 21. Peter's gone back to his old life. I'm going back fishing. And he goes back fishing and the Lord says, come Peter, let's, let's chat. And it's interesting because it talks about a coal fire. Jesus made a bra, a fish bra on the coal fire on the beach. And the only other time in, in, the, in the New Testament where it talks about a coal fire is the coal fire that they were warming themselves around when Peter was busy denying Jesus. Jesus starts to get at our heart here. Why? Because this is a stumbling stone to Peter. He's written himself off, but Jesus hasn't written him off. Friends, maybe you feel like you've messed up and you've been, you, you want to write yourself off. I want to say Jesus hasn't written you off. Don't you dare write yourself off if he hasn't. There's a future for you. And so Peter, he takes Peter and he's like, Peter, do you love me more than these? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? And it's interesting because there's two Greek words that, you know, that the English translates as love. 
And Jesus used the first one. Do you agape me? Do you love me? Do you recognize my value, Peter? And you will love me no matter what it costs you. That's quite a sore question knowing Peter has just denied him and hasn't loved him that even if it costs him his life. So this is sore. So Peter, I think it's a confession. He says, Lord, you know I phileo you. I love you. I enjoy you. I enjoy hanging with you when it's good. Not the kind of love that will go through suffering. I think it's almost a confession from Peter. But it's Aina. The Lord is getting right to the heart of what is causing Peter to stumble here. And he says again, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me? Do you recognize my value? Are you willing to suffer? You love me so much. Lord, you know I phileo you. And then the Lord really pulls the carpet out from under Peter and says, Peter, do you even phileo me? Do you love me? Do you just enjoy me? And then it grieves Peter. Lord, you know I phileo you. He says, Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Be about my kingdom. Build my house. I'm not done with you. And then it's interesting, the Lord says to Peter, Peter, one day he, he shows him the kind of death he will die for Jesus. In one way, I almost think he's saying to Peter, you're so disappointed with yourself that you weren't brave enough. But I promise you, Peter, you're going to be brave enough. You're on a journey, Peter. I'm not done with you. You're on a journey. Friends, you might have written yourself off, but he has not written you off. Can you see the future? Can you keep allowing him to work in your life and prepare for it? He's doing what he wants to do. You know, I, there was a guy, a businessman in our church, and I was sharing with a businessman the one morning, one Saturday morning, and I spoke about this guy. I said, man, he's just the bravest guy I've ever seen. On, on this documentary, he goes into Mosul in Iraq, preaching the gospel even when ISIS were there, and there's just guns going everywhere, and he takes his family in, and he's just like, Driving, Jesus, uh, would you just make all the, the missiles miss us, please, we ask. And as they're videoing this, the missile lands next to them, and he's like, ah, thank you, Lord. I was like, this oak is so brave. He goes into Mosul, and there's one guy in the business, he's just crying, businessman. And afterwards, he's just crying, crying. I'm like, he's like, please pray for me, pray for me. I've denied the Lord, I've denied the Lord. We're like, what are you talking about? He was like, we know he was a pilot. He was like, I flew into Mosul one day into Iraq. And he said, I was scared. We flew into Mosul and an Iraqi man came up to me and said, do you know Jesus? Tell me about Jesus. And he, and he said, I was so scared because I was in Mosul, I said nothing. I didn't tell him anything and I knew Jesus. I've denied the Lord. And he says, and you come this morning and you tell me about how brave this man is. He goes into Mosul and he preaches. <laughs> That's what the Lord does. Like he... Like he led me to say Mosul because this was a stumbling stone in that man's life. And Jesus loves us too much. He wants to go right at the heart and say, I'm not done with you. Let that stuff go. You're still on a journey. I've got you. I've got you. Can we pray? Oh, sorry. <laughs> pray. Let's close our eyes. Friends, I don't know where you're at. Perhaps you feel like you've dropped Jesus and you maybe feel like your future, he, he's done with you. Friends, he's not done with you. If there's anyone like that today, why don't you just lift your hands? We would love to just pray with you right now. If you're just feeling, Lord, 
I'm kind of writing myself off. But Lord, I hear your love. You're not writing me off. We see those hands. You just put up your hand and you say, Lord, I'm, I, w- I want in again. I want in. I want in. If that's you, just put up your hand. He sees it. It's before him. Lord, I just want to thank you so much. You're kinder to us than we are to ourselves. And Lord, these guys, I just ask that you just heal them. Your love is for them. And you're actually saying, I've still called you. I've still got a plan. I'm not done with you. Would you have your way in their lives? And all of us, Lord, we want to do the next step of faith, of preparing for our future in you. In your precious name, amen. Wonderful. Wasn't that an awesome word? Won't you stand, please? She says Dwayne was landing there. I was reminded of Philippians that tells us that he who began a good work will see it through to completion. And so I would love for us, friends, just in, in concluding, we're going to pray and land the service, but we don't want to ever miss an opportunity to, if you have not yet met the Lord, acknowledged Him as Savior, found Him as Lord in your life, I would love to invite you this morning after the service. Won't you come and join us? in the red carpet here to my right, to your left. We'd love to pray for you and lead you to know Jesus. And if you're needing any prayer this morning, friends, for any sickness or ailment or any disease, we'd love to be praying for you as well. We've got an incredible team that are full of faith, that trust the Lord, and they would love to pray with you this morning. So won't you also come and join us here on the red carpet? So let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're always at work. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, you, you see us, you see our future, as Duane has wonderfully reminded us this morning, and you are ex- as excited for us, Lord, as we are, Lord. And so I pray this morning, Father, would you continue, Holy Spirit, to lead us, shape us and mold us, show Jesus to us. We commit to keep our eyes fixed on you. Would you continue to reveal the plans and the purposes of the Father for us? We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful friends, please don't forget, if you do want to and you're leaving the hall, the tithes and offerings are there. Pop your tithes and offerings in the box. Look forward to seeing you. We aren't done today. We do have a service tonight as well. Dwayne won't. Dwayne and Lauren won't be here. So to you guys, thank you so much. Can we give them a hand, please? Thank you so much for being us with us again this weekend and safe journeys home to the rest of us. Have a great afternoon and we look forward to seeing you later. God bless. God bless.